word for you, brother, this morning. The Lord says, let's see what he says, because I don't know it yet. I just know that he wants to give you a word. He said he has prepared your path, and your path is prepared, and that he has set things along the track that you're about to take in this new phase of life, and that he has supplied you because you have been faithful to him. You have been the covenant man. You have been the covenant man with your giving and with your words. And his word will not forsake. It will make your way prosperous. It will make your way happy. You are a blessed man. And you, the Lord says, you are a demonstration for all the things that all of us aren't in our lives. The thing that you are is you are a demonstration. People will be amazed by your testimony of life. Not what you did in the past, but what you do every day. The Lord is pleased with you, brother, and it's going to be a good day for your life. Amen. That's a good word. Amen. Amen. Well, Barry, tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Who do you want me to throw this at? Hallelujah. Turn your Bible with me to Philippians chapter 3. Now, I'm going to tell you something what we're going to do this morning. Well, that wasn't it, brother. Must be the... Let me have the handheld. I've been here before, a long time ago, and uh, they're a blessing. They're a blessing. So, never done this before, but everything that you want to do, if you want to do anything, doesn't matter to us or them, you just do what I did, and that'll all go to them. So turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. We're glad to have you, Mr. Richard and Miss Brenda. Hallelujah. So y'all just take care of that as the Lord leads you, because he does give seed to the sower. I want to talk about the Lordship of Jesus this morning. Can y'all say yay? <laughs> There's nothing more important that I could talk about unless it was the blood, unless it was the word. But all those things are in the, word, in the, the Lordship of Jesus. I want to tell you about the Lordship of Jesus. In the American church, it's a rare attribute to have Jesus as Lord. The American church talks about being saved by Jesus. Help me if you can. Talks about, you know, you don't want to go to hell, do you? Well, make Jesus your Savior. And so we got saved. Now what? Well, we had not got time to do anything with you because we're trying to get somebody else saved. And the American church talks about getting born again, if they do that. Uh, many uh, churches, and I'm not criticizing, but I've researched this, they don't even talk about getting born again, the new birth. They just talk about going to heaven by way of living a good and moral life. Okay. Y'all want to sing the happy song again? Is that what y'all want to do? Are y'all holding out for me? Hallelujah. So, uh, so we, we're moving on. We're moving on. I'm born again. I've been born again since I was eight years old. That's most of my life. Hallelujah. But I, you know, I see lots of people that were also born again when they were eight years old. And they're not doing anything. They're not doing jack with God. And the Lord wants you to do something for him. He wants you to serve him, but not as a servant. How many of y'all know we're not servants? Be careful. We're sons. And sons don't have to do anything to get the inheritance. Do y'all know that? Sons can sit on the couch and their daddy says, get out there and mow the grass. Nope, not going to do it. I need you to clean out the garage. Nope, not going to do that either. Go clean out your room. Not going to do that either. Well, you can't be a son anymore. How many of y'all know that's impossible? Sons are sons. Sons and daughters are the sons and daughters. You can't, you can't get rid of them. Now, you can kick them out of the house and cut off their allowance, but they're still sons. Um, but servants, you can fire. I'm a son. I'm a son. 
Now I can sit on the couch and do nothing all my Christian life and do nothing for God. And you know what? I will go to heaven. This is a hard thing for the American church to think because, because some of us work hard and serve God and do right and pray and, and God, we do right. And we don't think that Slugville ought to be able to go to the same heaven that we go that we did right. But the Bible says, it's, uh, Jesus devoted a whole uh, parable to it that said there's, there's the parable where everybody gets in. Then there's a parable that you get rewarded for what you do once you get in. Everybody's going, but not everybody's going to the same part of heaven or the same attribute of heaven. There's a reward in heaven for what you do here on earth. So let the people that are sitting on the couch and won't clean their room, so to speak, let them go to heaven. Don't judge them. If they're born again, they're born again. The reason is because it's not a daily decision that God makes. said, oh, that, you just crossed the line, Jack. You, you can't go to heaven until you fix that. That's not how it works. The Bible says we are regenerated. We are transformed inside. That the old man that we were is annihilated, destroyed, and the new man we are comes in, and we are a new creation in Christ, not a new attaboy, where God just says, well, you know, we're going to let everybody in that's been good. Well, the Hindus are going to get in. The Muslims are going to get in because they're better than Christians many times, most of the time. <laughs> Come on. <sighs> They don't do what we do. So that's not it. The new birth is a regeneration changed on the inside. But what you do with it, what you get to do is different. I believe this is now this is totally off subject, but we're going to flow that what you'll have in the millennium. You all know about the thousand year reign. We're all going to get raptured out. Jesus is going to come into the sky because uh, Luke says that as he left, so, he'll, so will he return. So we know he left by being caught up in a cloud, disappeared. Well, he's going to come in a cloud, and he's going to, we're all going to be raptured up, get our new bodies on the way up, and meet him in the air. He will not touch the earth, and he will take us to heaven for the marriage feast of the Lamb, marriage supper of the Lamb, and we're all going to learn about the millennium. We're all going to go to school to serve in the millennium. But what you do in the millennium, that thousand year reign where we all come back physically in our new bodies and we rule and reign in the earth after the seven years is the tribulation in between. While we're up there doing the marriage supper of the lamb, they're having the tribulation down here. Don't be there. <laughs> Make it out. But uh, I believe, and I, I have scripture for it, of course, but that I think that your place on earth in the millennium is based on what you do right now. What you do right now. If you're a slug, you'll go to heaven and you'll come back, but you'll be, you'll be in the slug section. I personally believe that you and I, of what you're doing right now, how you're serving God, how you're pressing towards the mark, will cause you to be governors and potentates in the millennium. And I mean that as a me measure of... Uh, Psalm 75 says he, that promotion comes from the Lord. He lifts one up and puts down another. And that's what it's talking about. So anyway, all of that being said, lordship is important right now. Not just living a good life. I used to preach that just living a good life was, the, uh, was one of the main attributes of the kingdom and the gospel. And it is. It's really important that you live a good life on earth as it is in heaven. Because there's no devil in heaven, but we have authority over the devil. There's no sickness in heaven, but we have power over disease. There's no lack in heaven, but he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. Where? 
on earth. So everything about heaven is already available here on earth. It's just we have to put up with the devil. We have to use our faith to keep him in his place, to keep our flesh in our place, and to keep, keep sin at bay. Because all that stuff's pulling on our mortal bodies. You all know about sin pulling on your mortal bodies. <laughs> the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, you know, those things. In heaven, you won't have to put up with that. That part will be done. But you can have everything you want down here that's in heaven right now. But you've got to walk with God. You gotta walk, it's available to everybody. Everybody that's born again can have it, but not everybody choose. Many, uh, the, the word says, uh, many are chosen, help me, but few choose. Few choose to go that narrow way, that, that narrow way. So, uh, most Christians do not make Jesus Lord. Now I'm back, I'm back on track. Most Christians do not make him Lord. They are satisfied with Savior. They, in their mind, they're thinking, here's the line to go to heaven now, how, what do I have to do to get on that side of the line? I, I don't want to go out there. I just, where's the line? Okay, the line. Well, they don't even know what the line is. The line is, is what did you do with Jesus? To go to heaven, it's not based on the currency of, of good works. It's based on what did you do with Jesus? We talked about this last week, that pesos will not work at Belk or Sears or, or Kmart. No pesos, no francs, no, no marks. You've got to have American dollars. Well, in heaven, there's the currency is not good works. Whoo, I got these many people born again. Or, no, we wouldn't say that. We'd say, I got this. I did this good thing. I helped with the Red Cross. I helped with the Cancer Society. I helped clean up the tornado. I helped my little brother move. And Nope, we don't take that. Well, Lord, that's all I got. Then you can't come in. You can't get a seat in heaven. What do you got to have? What did you do with Jesus? Anybody got that currency going on in your life? The righteousness of God is what makes you able to go in. You got to be like those folks in heaven to go into heaven. And they're all the righteousness of God. How do you get that? You get born again. So what did you do with Jesus determines on what you get to do in heaven. Now I'm going somewhere with this. Not everybody wants to make Jesus Lord. They just want to step over the line and say, is that far enough? Yeah, that's far enough. That's all I want. Let's go party. <laughs> Let's go Bible or whatever. But you and, you and I are not like that. Say amen. We're not like that. We don't care if he pays more, if we do more. We're just in love with Jesus. And we just, Lord, it doesn't matter what the reward is. I just want you. Now, that's the difference. That's the distinction. Now, we're not saying what do you give for me serving you. We just say, Lord, we want to serve you. That's the way marriage is supposed to be. That's the way raising your children is supposed to be. You, you, don't, you don't raise your kids and say, well, I'll give you allowance now if you promise to take care of me when I'm old. You just give them allowance or not. Hallelujah. So um, lordship is the goal of living on earth. Once you get born again, lordship is your next step. It requires discipleship. It requires walking in love. It, it requires a, a walk by faith and not by sight. It records those things are not things that God requires. It's just things that are required to make him Lord. You got to put the flesh under because the flesh wants to go take a nap all day and or go get drunk or go whatever, whatever in the flesh. And, and so you have to have discipline. You have to have discipleship. You have to have the word. To do that, but that this is not the goal. Well, Lord, I read six chapters today. He doesn't care. The goal to read in six chapter is making Jesus Lord. 
the goal of praying is, is not, Lord, did you notice? It's, Jesus, you're Lord. I want to pray. I love to pray. Didn't used to love to pray, but when I made you Lord instead of just Savior, I just fell in love with prayer. I love to pray for folks. I love to give. I love to, we just go on and on. It's the Lordship of Jesus. Some people serve the church. You all know any of those people that just serve the church? I have family that does that. They just care about the church. Jesus is not the element. He's there and we sing about him and we might preach about him or not, but it's the church. But that's not what we have at River Church. Jesus is the main event. He's the only event, actually. Everything we have here has got to go. It's got to have an end of Jesus is Lord. So we're a little different. We're not different than the kingdom. We're just different than our culture. But we can't go with the culture. So in Philippians 3, are you all there? I can tell we're not going to get very far this morning. Verse 14 says, brethren, no it doesn't. Well, let's go 13. It says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. So Paul said, I haven't arrived. This thing is a journey. This thing is a walking out. But this one thing I have done, or I do, that I have got com complete, is I've dealt with this, forgetting those things which are behind. Now, how many of y'all know those are the things that pull you back to where you used to be before Jesus was Lord? It'll condemn you to say, well, I, I, I beat somebody out of some money, or I evaded taxes, or I had I, whatever people do. It'll, the devil will tell you. He can't be Lord because they're past. Well, Paul said, everything back there is no count. Make Jesus Lord right now. How many of y'all want to make Jesus Lord fresh and new this Sunday morning, the 20th of May? Woohoo, Jesus, you're Lord. It's a blank check, you know, but we're, we're going to do the best we can. It does, it's not a mark you said, well, did you give $10,000 last year? No, I didn't do it. Well, you can't make Jesus Lord. That's not it, is it? It's, it's a hard thing. It's between you and God. It shows up out here, but it's between you and the Lord. Well, they didn't come to church last week. I don't think Jesus is Lord. Well, you don't know what was going on. They may, they may have been in somebody's house getting them born again or something. It, you ought to come to church. The Word tells it. But that's not the measure of what we are in Him. Well, you ought to give. Yeah, you ought to give. It's a part of Jesus being Lord. But if, if you didn't show up with an offering, it, we don't know. We don't care. Because we're funded. We're secure. Amen. We've got to get this thing real, y'all. We've got to get this thing where it's like heaven thinks. I want to think like God thinks. <laughs> Isaiah said, God said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But that was before we got born again, isn't it? My ways are higher than your ways, God said in Isaiah 55. But that's before I got the mind of Christ. That's before I got regenerated on the inside. That's before I got my mind renewed. Now I think like God. How about y'all? I mean, more and more, I think like God. I'm not saying I have the whole thing of God. I'm just saying I think like God. God likes giving. I like giving. Is that thinking like God? I, God likes us to pray and get things done on earth so they can be like heaven. I like that. Don't you think that's like God? Well, amen. So uh, lordship is the goal. And the thing is, is lordship solves every problem. Now point to yourself with me and say, you solve every problem. Make Jesus Lord. That's it right there. When he's Lord, when you don't know what to do, you don't know what to dream, you don't know where to go, you don't know who to marry, you don't know who to stay away from, you don't know where to buy a house, you don't want to know what kind of car, you don't know. We don't know. 
But when Jesus is Lord, when we make Jesus Lord, say, God, you're, you're the, you're, I don't care about cars. Just put me in some transportation. I don't care if I'm, you know, they're looking at me. I don't care. I want a pretty car. I want a dependable car. I want one that looks nice. I'm not, I'm not weird. I'm not lying. I want, I want a nice car. I want a nice house. But Jesus is Lord. If anything gets in the way of that, I don't want it anymore. If I start saying, you know, that's, it's important to hold things loosely, and Lord will bring you the best that it has. When we had a Bible study, we got baptized in the Holy Ghost on January 1st, 1980. We had a Bible study in our home on Thursday, two weeks later. And I told you, all our furniture was early Newcomb. We just had hand-me-downs. We just, it was, it was pitiful. Not really, but it was nice and neat. And he just started bringing us new stuff. People just started giving us stuff for our house. And we had a big, we, my father-in-law, we, we were going to buy a house, and the payment was $122 a month. It was a three-bedroom brick house <laughs> for $122 a month. <laughs> the taxes are more than that. <laughs> On, anyway, he about lost it. He about lost it because he was given $75 a month for his house. And it was just, God just started, y'all know what I'm talking about? God just starts pouring it on. When you make him Lord, you just cannot have a lot of stuff and not know a lot of stuff and mess up on a lot of stuff and have a cruddy past and not really have the future figured out. But when you make Jesus Lord, and it doesn't take much to do that, then stuff just falls in its place. It's not based on intelligence. It's not based on knowledge. It's not based on experience. It's based on what are you doing with the Lord Jesus? Well, I love you, Lord. I'm going to church not because of those people, although I like them and they're good and they're sweet and they're a good social network and, and everything, but I love you. And that's where you are in the sense of manifesting and pulling yourself together. And so we press. Philippians 3. I've got to read the scripture here. Verse, uh, uh, where, where? Verse 14, it says, Paul said, because of these things, I press towards the mark. That's what lordship is. I press towards the mark. So it's not, he said, I haven't, I haven't apprehended. In other words, I haven't arrived, but I'm pressing. Y'all, every day we get up and we press. You go, well, I pressed yesterday. I don't want to press today. Well, you're going to lose ground. Because the world is just a big hunk of sandpaper. It's just a big grinding block that just grinds on you all the time. Do y'all know that? There's just the devil and there's the flesh and there's sin and there's a curse in the world. And so you have to get up every day and press. Every day, you got 24 hours, and the mark of a good, good, mature believer is setting your priorities every morning. You're going you're gonna to drink a beer first thing in the morning? You're going you're gonna to smoke a cigar first thing in the morning? Or are you going to open your Bible in the morning? Everybody's got those options. Y'all do know those are options. <laughs> Not for you. I'm, you know, they're extreme, but uh, every day. So I'm pressing. And he said there, he went on, he said, I press toward the mark of, for the prize, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Right there he says everything, everything that's worth running for, pressing for, moving for, everything in life that's important has got Jesus at the end of it. Jesus is the end of everything. If, he, if you got anything going that Jesus is not the end of it, you're just going the wrong way. It might not hurt you. It might not even set you back much. But you'll not do anything good with your life in that part. It's just useless. It's just like 
to me, it's like eating broccoli or, or uh, Brussels sprouts. Yeah, liver, uh, liver and, and beets and what else do I not like? Uh, onions. I have a friend in Texas that can eat a raw onion like an apple. <laughs> and I just fall back and they revive me and 10 minutes later I wake up. <laughs> it, it just wipes me out. I don't even like to smell them. So the, these things, you, you can, it's like that. You can do those things. But nothing's going to come out of your life until Jesus is the Lord of that part of your life. That's a pretty good message right there. But I got more. You know I did. <laughs> Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's talk about what is lordship. Because it's 119 times mentioned the lordship of Lord Jesus or Lord Jesus Christ. 119 times in the New Testament. That's more than making Jesus Savior. I said it's more than get saved, get born again, is to make him Lord. That's the emphasis of the New Testament. It's like get born again, okay, that's done. It's finished. It's not something you work on. It's not something that needs updating. It's not something that, that you can lose. It, you get born again, you're done. But lordship is pressing toward the mark every day. Lordship is getting up and saying, here we go again. And it's been grand, it'll be grand. Do we miss it? Absolutely. We make other things, Lord. We have other gods in our life. They slip in disguised as a, as, as a car or a job or a, something that, that takes Jesus out. I would not move to a city. People say God doesn't care where you live. I would not move to a city that did not have a Bible-preaching, a faith-believing church. Well, you'd make $150,000 a year. I would not have it. See, that's where Jesus is, Lord. I would not have company into my house that I could not get up in the morning and say, y'all come with me, it's Sunday morning. And they say, well, you don't go to church. I would not have company that I had to stay home with. You do what you want. I'm talking about me personally. I'm not saying this is a Bible standard. I'm, I'm just saying uh, th this is my standard. Uh, I... Uh, where am I? Uh, I am right now working on a system in my life just to keep Jesus Lord. You're going to think this is weird. It is weird, but I'm 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 certain not weird, so I don't mind. I am endeavoring that when my phone dings, y'all know what a dinging phone is not not rings, but dings, message, text, I ignore it because I don't want a machine controlling my impulses. You go, that's crazy. That's weird. That's how I do it. I just, I'm not going to let a machine control that. When I hear the ding, Pav, Pavlov's dog. Y'all know who Pavlov's dog is? I don't go slobbering. <laughs> you know, the phone rang. I got to get to it. Oh, I got to get to it. Got to get to the phone. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Well, we're checking on your credit card to see if we can fix you. You know, that's what. I'm working on it where I do not, if y'all text me and want a fast answer, you better call. Now, I do go, I do answer the phone, but I do not, I'm weird, aren't I? Just a little bit, she said. Oh, I'll deal with you later. <laughs> no, I am, I am. I'm endeavoring that every time I have a pain, that I don't respond with a ibuprofen or a Excedrin or whatever. Doesn't mean I don't ever take them. I hadn't had a headache in years, 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 years. But uh, I, I, I was feeling poorly the other day. 
I had, I had climbed ladders and things that I should not do until I've done it a bunch. And I took me two little red pills, and I'll tell you, it was fine. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I, had no, I had no remorse whatsoever. <laughs> but I'm endeavoring not to make that the, the automatic response that like, oh, this hurts a little bit. Where's my stuff? Where's my stuff? Do you all know what I'm talking about? It's not just saying in church, okay, Jesus, you're Lord. It's not just that. There's a follow-through. There's a, there's a consecration, a separation, of uh, a sanctification of your life where you just say, he's in control more and more and more. He is Lord more and more and more. And when things try to subtly and uh, unassumedly draw me into making it what I think about, isn't that what lordship is? What you think about? What you are inclined to do? That I don't, I, I cut, I make that thing submit. Bow your knee, a set of menophen or whatever. Bow your knee, dinging phone. Funny, isn't it, Justin? It's hilarious. Come to church and hear about, don't, don't answer your phone. Hallelujah. Isn't it great? Ah. Oh. Okay, 1 Corinthians 6.19. I am working on this. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 6.19. We're talking about lordship. It's my favorite. It's that and righteousness. And there's always a way to win. Or that's my three favorite subjects. So I'm always leaning that way. Verse 19. What? There's an exclamation point. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. The temple's in you. Point to right here and say it's there. That's the temple of the... God is not over here and he's not over there. Right here. He's not very tall when he's, when he's representing me. <laughs> Which ye have of God and look, look, look. And ye are not your own. Point to you. And you are not your own. Now this is lordship. You have to dethrone you to put him up there because no one can serve how many masters? So you can't be up there with him and say, oh, Jesus is everything. Oh, excuse me, i got to answer that text. <laughs> For ye are bought with a price. I am bought with a price, and therefore, therefore, because I am bought with a price, continually you have to tell yourself, I do all the time, Michael, you are bought with a price. You are not just free to do anything and go anywhere and say anything. You are bought with a price. I had someone in my life that keeps telling me, he says, well, I'm old enough to say what I think. Well, I'd agree with that if they had something anybody wanted to hear. But I'm always offended when she opens her mouth and says, I think this is what I, I, I'm old enough to talk about. I'm bought with a price. I can't say what I want to people. I'm thinking it in caps. Dear Lord, what are... You've been beat with a stupid stick. Nobody could get this dumb on, your, on these people that are telling me this. So I'm bought with a price. Now turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Oh, the Bible says there, uh, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, by the way, by the way, which are God's. I'm bought with a price, so I'm God's. You're God's. You belong to him. There was silence in the house as he turned to the next scripture. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3. This is a good thing to study. This is a good thing to come to grips with, the lordship of Jesus. You won't, but we want healing. Yeah, it comes through the Lordship of Jesus. It's not a system that says, do these three things and you'll get healed. Well, I want to study prosperity. I, I, tell me how to prosper. Make Jesus Lord. 
Well, I give, and it's not coming to me very good. Make Jesus Lord, and your sowing will just take you to the end. It is the answer. Philippians chapter 3, verse, uh, let's start in verse 7. But what things were gained to me, uh-oh, Paul, those I counted lost for Christ. Let's see if I'm right, y'all. Yea, doubtless, without doubt, I count all things but loss. What for, Paul? All things are lost for what? For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. He said nothing's in front of that. Nothing's more important than the excellency of, of uh, excuse me, the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung. Y'all need a little translation there? Y'all need a little ex expediting on that word? Yes, sir. That I may win Christ and be found in him. He said, I count everything as on the second tier, on the bottom step, that I may be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the white righteousness, which is of God by faith. He said, nothing else matters. Now, we're talking about the lordship of Jesus. I'm bought with a price, and all of my pursuits have to go through. I'm after him. I, they have to go through him. They have to go through him. Well, that's a novel approach for the American Christian generally. If anything, if anything, we, that old uh, adage that says it's easier to ask uh, forgiveness than it is permission. I'm going to do what I want and then make it right later. Uh, <laughs> Watched that movie the other night, The Kingdom of Heaven. It's real good uh, about the fight for Jerusalem. And, and uh, the Muslims were uh, coming in on the Christians in Jerusalem. And, and the, the priest that was there said, said, so we won't get killed. Everybody just convert to, 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 to Muslim or Islam. What was it? And we'll repent later. That is basically that, that system is still working today. Do what you want and then God, there's grace. God will forgive you. That's not lordship. You can do it, but it's not lordship. And it won't, well, it won't work well for you. You will live, people like that live a normal, non-Christian life. In the world, you'll have tribulation. And that'll be the end of it. Instead of like we have it, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We won't get that part if you do it, if, if Jesus isn't Lord. You'll just have, in the world, you'll have tribulation. Period. <laughs> just fight it out the best you can. So, Jesus has got to be Lord. How do I do it? Well, there's no formula. There's no way you could say, here's how you do it. You just start telling him, I want you. And you start, you start saying things that you don't feel by faith. Like, Lord, I want you, and I want to read your word. Well, the truth is, I, I do want him, but I don't want to change. And I do want to read his word, but I don't want to give the time for the word. Are y'all with me on this just a little bit? And so we say I want him as Lord, but it's a lot of work because we're involved with him not being Lord. I'm Lord. I'm at the top of my life. Me is what's important. Get all you can, can all you get, sit on the can, Michael. Jesus wants to be Lord. Why? So he can be the top dog? Nope, because he can bring you everything that heaven already has. When we step over to heaven, we're supposed to step over into heaven and it'd be 
Well, this isn't that much different than where I was. Are you all with me on that? I No sickness here, but I, we'd already whooped that with the name of Jesus. No lack here, but we'd already believed God in. There's no sin here, but sin shall have no dominion over you. There's no curse here. Jesus became accursed that you might be redeemed. For, it's, it's no big deal. Step over there. Step over there with me. Make Jesus Lord now instead of waiting until heaven. That's what everybody's doing. Every Christian I know besides y'all, generally speaking, is saying someday we'll step over there and Jesus will be important. But right now we've got to fight for our lives. And it's just not true. It's just convenient, but it's not true. Here's a scripture. Don't, don't look it up, but Luke 6.46 says, Jesus said, And why call me Lord, Lord? And do not the things which I say. So when Jesus is Lord, we're saying, Lord, you got anything? Here's who we are. Here's who I am. Here's who Justin is. Here, here's here's her, who Deborah is. We, we, we are all servants, excuse me, sons that serve. I'm not a servant. I lost this a while ago. I'm just now getting back to it. We are not servants, but we're sons that we could sit on the couch, but we don't. We act like servants, but we're in truly, we're sons. Don't have to, but we want to. So I want to want to pray. Listen to me. I want to want to pray. But the reality is, and I would never tell the Lord I don't want to pray. I would just tell him I only have 24 hours and there's not time to pray. And if I can't give myself to long intercession and get off in a closet and, and put my head between my knees and just cry out, if I don't have time for that, Lord, I'll just catch you next week. Now, don't shout me down just because I'm preaching real good. So we don't do it because we don't have this thing. But you could, you could say, you could pray on the run, and you could say, Lord, I want to want to pray. So I say of myself, I want to pray. I want to learn to pray. I want to be used in prayer. I want to pray. And you know what follows faith? What always follows faith? Feelings. Feelings follow faith. But you've got to put faith out front because you'll never get feelings and then say, wow, I feel really like I ought to get in faith. It'll never happen that way, will it? The flesh will never leave the spirit. Leave the spirit. You've got to get out there and say, I want to want to pray. I want to want to minister to the sick. I want to. Even though you have no feelings, nothing corresponds inside, nothing's saying, yeah, that's me, that's me too, pick me. No, none of that's going on. You just say, by faith, Lord, because I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to want to give or pray. And guess what? Feelings will follow. And we'll all be going the way of our feelings. When you feel like praying, guess what you'll do? You're in there. I only got five minutes, but boy, I can change something in five minutes. Do y'all know five minutes of prayer is a long time? You ever pray just on your own for five minutes without stopping and just you empty out pretty fast if you hadn't been praying? <laughs> uh, let's go to tongues. <laughs> no. So you got to want to. You got to want to want to. So that's what I'm doing right now. Well, you go, well, you're the preacher. You're supposed to already be doing all that. Well, you'd be foolish to believe that this flesh suit was sanctified all the way. I'm doing just like you. I'm doing the best I can. I'm operating in my gift, and I'm pursuing God, and I'm doing the best I can most days. 
But someday, some days I want Coca-Cola with sugar in it. <laughs> well, yeah, it is kind of bizarre. I understand. But some days you just want a, you just want a, a payday candy bar. Do you all know how good those things are? Chihuahua. They are awesome. And if you ever eat one end of it, you're going to eat the other end. So whoever, I'm telling you, it's no different for anybody. Billy Graham struggled. Dora Robert, everybody, everybody's in the same situation. Is Jesus Lord? Well, we're pressing towards the mark of the calling. I'm pressing towards the mark. I may be behind you. I may be ahead of you. But nobody can measure that because it's internal. So you've got to come to grips with it. We can't preach it. We can't preach do this and do that and you'll have it. We can't say give. We can't say pray and you'll have it. Lots of people pray that Jesus isn't even, he, they're just orators. They're just, they're just eloquent. They're just people that, that are talky. Talky, talky, talky. They, but they're not praying. There's no lordship there. And we have other people that just stumble through. There's a man in this church. That y'all y'all would never guess it, but I, and now you're going to try to figure it out. But he prays something else. I like to listen to him pray. It's good stuff. I get in his, I draft him when he's praying. So you can't tell. So I'm I'm working on that. So why call ye me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Let me just do this, and we'll quit. The first thing you got to do to make Jesus Lord is you got to understand what we just talked about. Number one, you're bought with a price. Are y'all bought with a price? I'm bought with a price. I have no say, no legal say. I can say about me and I can do what I want because I'm a son. I can sit on the couch and say to daddy, I, I am not mowing the grass. I am not praying. You can do that and he'll say, you're still a son. Now, church doesn't like that. And he, he has a little beer on Saturday nights and maybe a little beer on Sunday. Maybe he has a beer every night. And the church doesn't like that. You bad boy. But he's born again. The second thing we have to do is that we have to, uh, we have to get in pursuit. We have to get in pursuit, don't we? So based on that, uh, you've got to know, to make Jesus Lord, you're, you and I are required to submit to everything he wants. Got to do it. We got this, this, this long. Go to Genesis 22. Would you go there just for a second? You'll like this. The amens were overwhelming and they didn't even hear the next thing he said. <laughs> Genesis 22. I had a friend that told me about this the other day and I, I knew right there it would be my Sunday morning message. Hallelujah. Look at this in chapter 22. Let's look in verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. The word tempt there means prove. Now God knows already, doesn't he? But he wants to know, he wants you and I to know that he knows. So there's a proving here in the Old Testament. And said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son. Who was that? That was Isaac, wasn't it? The son of promise. Thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. And get thee into the land of Moriah. Offer him there for a burnt offering 
upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Now this is a type of Jesus's crucifixion. Matter of fact, this is the same mountain that Jesus was crucified on. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder, look, and worship, and come again to you. That's resurrection, isn't it? I'll come back. I'll rise again. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Look, 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 verse 8. Abraham said, My son, this is the man of faith. That's why Abraham is esteemed by, as, as, the, as the man of faith, because he believed God straight up. He said, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Right there, he made a way for the supernatural. You need the supernatural in your life? You're going to have to say something that's wonky. Y'all are going to have to say something that's crazy, that doesn't add up, that doesn't make sense, that does not look like the path. Abraham right here. See, he didn't know what God was going to do. He, he was told, get thee up with thy son and go and sacrifice him. He didn't just say, Go up there and have a picnic, and I'll tell you what. He said, sacrifice him as a burnt offering unto me. That's, that's as tough as you've ever had. Nobody here has ever had that come. And they came into the place, verse 9, that God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there. Let me make sure that I'm not going too far here. Yeah. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son. Now, you all understand Isaac was not... Matthew's size, he's a big boy. He, he was a Jacob. He could take the old man out. Remember, Jacob, Abraham was an old man when he had him. And then you add 16 or 18 years on. He could take the old man. And the Bible says that he let his father bind him to be put on the altar. And laid him on the altar upon the wood, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Now we're talking about lordship. Now I've got to ask you this question. Uh, why wasn't Sarah there? Let me just put this to you. Do you think, have y'all seen that commercial where the two men, the young man drives up and his grandfather's there and his grandfather's putting on a wetsuit and they take off the surfboards and the young man asks his grandfather, he said, did you tell grandma we're going fishing? Have y'all seen that commercial? And the, and the old man said, maybe. And then they're out there surfing, you know, they're not fishing. Do you think Sarah knew that God had spoken to go kill their son? She, they were going hunting. They were going fishing. They were, they were going over the hill to get to look at the pretty trees. They weren't, no. Now, let me ask you this. This is the part my friend told me about. It just, it just, it smote me. Why didn't God tell 
Sarah what God had said. Why didn't God, why didn't Abraham, excuse me, say, here's what God's asked us? You want to know the answer? Because Jesus, excuse me, because God was not Lord of Sarah's life. Remember when she laughed? When the Lord appeared to Abraham? And she was in the tent and, and uh, uh, the Lord came in an epiphany and said, uh, about this time next year, Sarah will be with child. And the Bible says she laughed. <laughs> she didn't believe. She was the whole issue the whole time. Now, I love the girl, but she was the holdup in this instant. So, but, now, but Abraham messed up later, and he said, let's, 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 let's get the servant and go do this and that. But she couldn't know. Because not only would she not, she would not uh, like it, she would not allow it. She wouldn't have let her husband go take the boy up the hill. Now, what would happen to Abraham? What would happen to all of us if he had not raised the knife? It wouldn't have happened. Jesus, we had to have that happen for Jesus to be crucified. It had to happen, just like the prophets had to tell that there will be a son that will be born. He'll be in Bethlehem, and his name will be this, and this will be that. It all had to be spoken. It all had to be created by words on the earth because God will not change the system just because it's expedient. That's why it took 2,000 years to get from the fall of Adam to the, the, the excuse me, 4,000 years to get Jesus raised up is because, um, excuse me, 2,000, to get Jesus raised up is because the devil and men would not cooperate. The Bible says in, uh, in uh, uh, I believe it's Ezekiel, he said I, that the Lord looked for a man to stand in the gap and he could find none. So he couldn't do it. Yay. So, where am I? Here, hallelujah. So, uh, Sarah didn't love God. And didn't trust God like Abraham. Abraham did not. Would not have allowed it. Would have pitched a fit. Would have, would have, it would have been over for, for them. So uh, she, she wouldn't raise the knife. And she wouldn't have let Abraham raise the knife. Now let's go back here to, to chapter uh, 22 where we are and, and look in verse 11. So the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know. What he was really saying was, Now I know you know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Well, that's what God did with Jesus. He let him go to the cross, his only son, for us, because Abraham was able to do this. And so... Uh, the second half of this is what we have to do to get Jesus to be Lord. What's required of us is that we do everything he says. Doesn't mean that he's not Lord in some dimension if you don't do everything. There's different levels of lordship. Would y'all believe that? I, Jesus is the Lord of my life as much as I can make him right now. But there's strongholds in my life. I hate them. Do you hate them? Things that, that I, like Paul, I wanted to do it, but I didn't. And I didn't want to do it, but I did. He's wrestling with the Lordship. And as long as you're wrestling with Lordship, you're on the path. You're going there. But you got to wrestle. It's like, ah, who cares? You're not wrestling with Lordship. You know you're going to heaven. You know the line's right there. And you stepped over it. Good enough. 
It's all we need. Just want to want to live in the world and go to heaven. But that's not who I am. That's not who you are. If you get this down in here where you find out, you, you discover he's a raging fire in, in your bowels. You burn for him. You don't burn for you anymore. You burn for him. But what happens is when you make him Lord, God becomes totally responsible for your life. Say all the way. All the way. When you birth a child into this world, and you take possession, in other words, you name that kid. Once you name your child, you have the right of possession. That's why we are marked with the name of Christ, because he has the right of possession. But once you name him Jimmy Bob, or whatever, then you have the responsibility for his total well-being. He's not responsible for anything because you named him, and you have the right of possession. So God named us, and we said, Jesus is Lord. He said, I will take care of everything. I will fund you. I will heal you. I will bring you peace. I will deliver you. I will send my angels over you. I will, dry, I will, I will beat down your enemies before your face. On and on and on and on. So here we are. Jesus is Lord. I said, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Well, what if I don't pray just right? It won't matter. Jesus is Lord. Well, what, what if we don't go to church every Sunday? Jesus is Lord. We wanted to go to church. We wanted to be with the saints. We want to sit under the word. It's not like, whew, we got a good excuse not to go to church this morning. Jesus is not Lord there. Well, I didn't go to church Sunday, so I don't have to bring my tithe. Might not, might not have a tithe next week. Therefore, we'll just skip church, and that way we won't have to bring our tithe. That's called hireling. That's when you're paying for services. You only give when you come. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying a higher dimension is what y'all do, which is we're going on vacation, and all of a sudden there's three services in the offering. Jesus is Lord right there. Nobody's saying we do that. Nobody says we have to. It's just Jesus is Lord, and no judging there. Not to say, well, you, you little Jesus is Lord sit over here and you big Jesus is Lord. No, we're all in there for the fight. The fight to make Jesus Lord. That's the only fight you have. You don't fight the devil. You fight your flesh to make Jesus Lord of your life. How many of y'all are winning? <laughs> I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm still fighting. I have not apprehended. I'm pressing towards the mark of the calling of the, the whatever that is. <laughs> I'm pressing. I'm pressing. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up. We press this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for Mr. Richard and Miss Brenda this morning. Y'all extend your hands to them. Praise God. Thank you all for coming to church this morning. Thank you for being a part of our lives today. Jesus, Lord, I ask you to bless this man. In Jesus' name, all the trouble with his leg, any trouble you're having, I command that leg to come into line in Jesus' name and every part of this apparatus to conform and fit and do and go. In Jesus' name, I pray for Richard to have a witty plan from heaven of how to finance his future, how to get funded in Jesus. And Miss Brenda Lord, what's, 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 your, how, how, what's making you feel bad? Can you tell me, is there something going on in your body that you say, I, this is hard on me. What is it, ma'am? Your hand. 
that's just today, or is there anything big that's going on all the time? You just cut your hand? Well, Lord, come here, Miss Melissa. Hold her hand. Go over there and hold her hand. And we're going to pray for her hand. Are you all in with me here this morning? They just stepped off the street into our service, and Jesus wants to help. Hallelujah. Most of you pray for her hand right now. Jesus. Healing. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. Amen. Amen. Now, Miss Brenda, we get our prayers answered. We didn't just pray a little religious church prayer that said, God bless you, go your way. We get our prayers answered here. Is that right, family? We get our prayers answered here. If we don't, we step back and say, what happened? And we adjust. We don't ask God to adjust. We adjust. So in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I thank you right now for surrounding Richard and Brenda with favor. Their present situation, we declare this is their least day for the rest of their life. That, Lord, every day is a better day than today, no matter what's in today. We declare a path open to them of favor. And, Lord, that you bring people into their lives to help. Lord, that heaven helps and they help. But, Lord, you help by sending people into their lives and you help from heaven. I ask you to do that, Lord, in, because of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Anything else? Is there anything else y'all need? I know there's a world of things that y'all need. I know it, it, it's funny to ask that, but I'm talking about that we can do right now. Like I said, we just, no money. We, no money. We, we wish that y'all could help. Well, I know you do. And we're going to see how that plays. We're going to just let God do that. And, uh, but uh, we got hearts that are, Jesus is Lord of our hearts here. And we hope y'all got something this morning. Thank you, Lord. Well, praise God. Amen. Well, y'all take care of them any way that you want to. It'll just be an opportunity. Anybody else need healing this morning in your body? Melissa. Yay, you prayed and you're going to get. Hallelujah. What's going on? Okay, let's see who we got here. Come over here. Let's lay hands on this, Melissa. Y'all agree with us, hallelujah, this morning. You speak loud for us so we can all agree. Yes. Yes. Name of Jesus. Hoo-hoo. Hallelujah. <laughs> you can feel that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Darlene. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anybody else? You ought, to, you ought not to leave like you came to River Church. Anything going over here with Miss Mildred or you? Well, yay. Okay, well, we bless you, Miss Brenda. We bless you, Mr. Richard. Not, not The Word says don't just tell somebody, go and be warmed and be fed. We're going to help you. Thank you for coming this morning. <laughs> Y'all want to sing the hot, happy song? <laughs> well, then get happy.